Welcome Larva and Giant Kin to the Monster Smash League, a place where brutal dragons and vengeful chupacabras can settle their differences in the most violent debate possible. I'm Batboy, and as always, I'm joined by the savage sire himself, Typhon, Greek father of all monsters. Thanks, BB! After several episodes of lightweight class monster fighting, I'm ready for the heavyweights to show what they've got. You've always been a big fan of the kaiju-sized creatures. How can I not be? Mass hysteria, buildings crumbling, calling in the military only to find out that their puny human weapons are useless. What's not to love? Who's your favorite heavyweight of all time? Hmm, that's a tough one. I'd have to go with the behemoth from the Book of Job. Truly a classic. Who can forget when it battled the Midgard Serpent back in 89? What a match that was! 1189 was quite the year. Half of the audience was obliterated, along with the entire city of Atlantis! It's on page one of the MSL history books for a reason. It's also the reason why we have safety protocols in place tonight. <laughs> yeah, as great as it was, 1190 through the 1800s had to be the rebuilding centuries since we lost a lot of revenue after the slaughter. During those years, Carmilla was lucky if she could even get a Wolpertinger to face a jackalope. <laughs> Laughably bad content during those seasons. Remember the side hill gouger versus the globster? Remember it? I was there! That's true. I've only seen the tapes. We all sat for three hours, waiting for the gouger to figure out how to even get down to the globster. Fighting lopsided like the side hill gouger had to be must have been interesting to watch. Interesting? Try excruciatingly boring. The globster just kind of oozed there on the beach while the gouger kept falling over. Eventually, the match had to be called a draw because the globster started to dry out. While we're on the subject of the worst Monster Smash battles in history, I can't say that we're immune to disappointing matchups in the modern MSL. Box jellyfish? Box jellyfish. Ridiculous! For those out there who might not know, we had a late entry into the league a few years back. A uh, pixie thought that her box jellyfish was a contender. It's not even a monster. It's literally a jellyfish. Its opponent, the Bergmonch, made swift work of it. A giant German mining spirit against a tiny, actual jellyfish? Surprise, surprise. While the box jellyfish does have one of the deadliest stings in the world, that is entirely in reference to normal human mortals. The toxin had little effect on a creature of gigantic proportions like the Birdmonch. He didn't even know he had won. He stepped into the water and crushed it accidentally. That, um, encounter still holds the record for most, uh, frustrated audience reaction ever. I miss the horror dome. It was a great stadium. Yes, but at least it's in a better place, Ty. It's in space, BB. Hurtling towards the sun. A very frustrated audience, indeed. But luckily for everyone here, the Aberration Station Arena is in limbo, meaning it can't leave the atmosphere no matter how upset the ghouls and boils get. And they won't need to get upset in the first place because we have a confrontation lined up tonight that will surely save even the most ravenous bloodlust. Yes, we do! Let's send it over to Jenny Greenteeth so we can reveal what monstrosities are going to be reducing each other to their base components on the field. Jenny? Thanks, guys. Your discussion earlier really brought up some fond memories. I laughed so hard at the side hill gouger, watching it trying to hobble along the field with its left legs being longer than its right legs. 
<laughs> oh, comedy gold. I mean, what cruel god looks at that and says, yep, that's my guy? Probably Zeus. Anyway, tonight we've reinforced the field and placed protective wards over the crowd because the big bads have come to play. It's the skeletons that got together to make one huge skeleton, Gasha Decoro from Japan, facing the elephant snake monstrosity from South Africa, the Groot Slang. I'm actually trembling with anticipation. Actually, I think that trembling is being caused by the Gasha Dokuro, who seems to be walking the field and getting a good look at the suburban neighborhood terrain that has been installed for this match. What a cozy street of middle-class housing. Sure would be a shame if something were to happen to it. Right you are, Ty. But before we do any urban remodeling, we need to find out more about our competitors right after this short break. Hey everyone, Rev here, creator of the Monster Smash podcast, and also voice of Batboy. This is a message for all the actual humans listening to the Monster Smash League podcast, so if you're a monster and you're hearing this, just skip ahead. If you're a living, breathing, real homo sapien, however, the MSL is looking for sponsors. I know you've heard the ads that play during the show. Those ads aren't for you. They're for the horrible creatures of the night. But we want to start sharing the ad space with the other half of our audience. If you have a podcast, company, or other service you think would be a good fit for the MSL listeners, we'd love to hear from you. Contact us at bbmonstersmash at gmail.com. That's bbmonstersmash at gmail.com with no spaces. We hope to hear from you soon. Oh, and just in case you were wondering, the rest of the ads on this episode will be for monsters, so don't attempt to buy anything or else you might be eaten or possessed. Dangerous business dealing with monsters. I wouldn't recommend it. Bye now! There is nothing more noble than a warrior's death, or so they say. To die on the field of battle is honorable, and true soldiers are proud to make this sacrifice for their cause, be it country, family, religion, or glory. But what happens to those who fall to the sword and are not satisfied? Those who feel betrayed by the unjust theft of their lives for the sake of something they care little for. Entire battlefields have been left with the bodies of soldiers who, in their final moments, renounced their desire for martyrdom. What becomes of these wayward souls? Their mortal remains, left unburied, rot and decay until only bleached bones remain, but their spirits linger in perpetual resentment. This resentment slowly grows until it turns to anger. Anger at those who would callously leave their corpses to the elements instead of burying them with grace and dignity. And this anger continues to rise until it transforms into hate. Hatred of those who lived. Hatred so deep that their bones will no longer bear it in silence. And when an entire battlefield is filled with hundreds of thousands of these vengeful bones, they pull together a maelstrom of merciless marrow until they become that through which their righteous fury may be unleashed upon the living, the Gasha Dokuro. 
A towering serial killer powered by its own fury, the Gashodokuro has slain many an innocent victim. As it bites the heads from its prey and drinks the arterial blood, it vanishes as swiftly as it appeared, with only the soft rattle of its ivory construction drifting on the wind. It will not stop. It cannot stop. Its rage and loathing like coal within the engine of its conclave of souls, promising to push it ever onward until somehow it satisfies the spurned warriors within. They will find the peace they were never given, even if Gashudokoro must devour every living thing. And their deaths will not be honorable. Scary stuff. And that's just one type of Gashadokuro. Some are made up of the bones of vast numbers of mortals who died of starvation. Then why do they hate the living? When you think about it, it's a horrific injustice to die due to a lack of food. Perishing simply because you were not of a privileged class of society could and should lead to righteous indignation. Man, humanity really sucks sometimes. Yes, they do. But now let's talk about the 75-foot skeleton in the room. This thing is leagues above an average person, usually coming in around 15 times the size of a man. Because of this, you can definitely count on prodigious strength and stamina. You say stamina, I say indestructible, BB. This thing cannot be killed. Correct. The Gashitokuro is our first monster this season to bring that ever-beneficial trait of true immortality to the table. To be fair, it can get tired and power down. Yes, if its hatred were ever to abate, it would collapse. Lucky for us, then, that Gashi is a rage against the living machine. It is also not invulnerable. It suffers damage and can be crippled or restrained just like any other creature. Right. It isn't impossible to defeat. The Gashitokuro is also able to turn invisible at will and is completely silent at all times. Unless it's biting someone's head off. Unless it's biting someone's head off. Yes. Technically, it does make a faint rattling noise. The Gashi of its name. But reports indicate that the Gashi noise, or rattling bones, is more of an ambient effect and not an indicator of its specific location. It also tunnels underground! Yes, some stories have indicated that the spirit can sneak up on prey by moving unseen beneath their feet. And let's talk about the burn! I thought you didn't want to talk about that on the air. No, not that burn, I meant the Gashatokuro's burning aura! Um, uh, please do not mention that other thing. Right! Sorry, you're speaking of the ability that activates when this yokai becomes especially enraged. A hellish fire starts blazing from within their structure. It's awesome. We can reasonably deduce that this means the creature is immune to fire. When it comes to attacks, we've got two huge fists and a massive skull that just loves to separate tops from bottoms. Now, looking at the Gashadokuro, there are a lot of advantages. But it's not perfect. The dude ain't gonna ace any IQ tests. Being entirely powered by emotion, it doesn't have the capacity to strategize very effectively, nor can it adapt while frustrated. Which is all the time. It's kind of its thing. In addition, the creature can be warded off with a Shinto charm, but that probably won't come into play tonight. And lastly, if its opponent can somehow cause it to burn through its fury until there's nothing left in the tank, It'll be out of commission. Now that we have an idea of what the Gashadokuro is bringing to the table, 
let's find out more about the history of the legend. For that, we turn to our MSL correspondent and horror historian, the Salmon of Knowledge. Salmon of Knowledge? Thank you, bad boy. It is I, the Salmon of Knowledge, here to bring you the wisdom of the ages and the knowledge of the... ages. I just can't with this guy. What is it that you wish to know, bad boy and Typhon, Greek father of all mothers? Monsters. It's obviously monsters. Ty, the salmon of knowledge doesn't get out much. We need to just bear with it. Fine. I can hear you. I'm still here, in this bowl of water. Please ask your query. What is the or- Please phrase your query as previously discussed. Oh. Right. All-knowing salmon of knowledge, would you please impart upon us the origin of the Gashidokuro? The Gashidokuro is a recent addition to the world of Japanese folklore. While many assume that the true story of Tyrano Masakado, a samurai tale from the 10th century, was the first appearance of the Gashidokuro, this was merely a misinterpretation of a woodblock painting by Utagawa Kunuyoshi. In reality, the Gashidokuro was first featured in a series of shounen magazines from 1960 through 1970, followed by inclusion in yokai encyclopedias. It has become since quite popular in modern culture, having been included in anime, comic books, television shows, movies, and video games. Despite being less than a hundred years old, the idea of the Gashidokuro has been readily accepted by Japanese culture and is considered to be part of its folklore. So it's kind of a rookie, eh? Please phrase your query as previously discussed. What? I'm not going to- Please phrase your query as previously discussed. That's ridiculous. Please phrase your query as previously discussed. This is so stupid. All-knowing salmon of knowledge impart upon us the so-it's-kind-of-a-rookie, eh? Yes, and your grammar is terrible, Typhon, Greek mother of all fathers. I hate this stupid fish. Thank you, salmon of knowledge, for sharing your vast intellect with us at the Monster Smash League. You are most welcome, bat boy, and Greek Typhon, monster father, mother. Are you kidding me? And on that confusing note, we're going to find out more about the Gashidokuro's opponent, the Grootsling, from our friends Jenny and Yowie. Right after this commercial break. Hey guys, it's your boy Gluttony from the Seven Deadly Sins. If you're like me, you've got a healthy appetite, but never enough time after a long day of torturing damn souls and corrupting selfish mortals to go shopping for groceries. Eating the flesh off of some poor guy who made a Faustian deal only takes you so far, am I right? That's where HellFresh comes in. Not only do they deliver fresh ingredients to your layer every week, but they make you feel like a real chef with easy recipes for even fat, clumsy fingers like mine. Last night, I made a cockatrice vindaloo with garlic flatbread and a side of skin flake rice that honestly looked like a professional imp spent hours in the kitchen to dish it up. It took me only 40 minutes. Me, gluttony. <laughs> Not only that, but it tasted great too. I almost gave up boiling the fat off of sinners for the crispy wines entirely. And right now, if you're looking for more food and less worry, you can add three extra meals to your weekly plan by using the code SMASHGLUTTON. That's SMASH and then GLUTTON. <laughs> so spice up your dinner profile and eat like a true lord of the underworld with HealthWest today. 
While searching for treasure in the Richtersfeld of South Africa in 1917, English businessman Peter Grayson disappeared after members of his party were attacked and injured by lions. But if lions were indeed to blame, why was his team unable to determine his fate? Surely his body would have been spotted nearby, or at least some parts of him. Even fleeing, the fact that not a single person was able to catch sight of a lioness dragging his carcass away raises questions about what really happened during the ensuing chaos. However, to fully understand, we would need to rewind to the beginning, when the gods were new and reckless with creation itself, a time of glorious discovery and also of grave mistakes. As the legend goes, when the earth was brand new, the gods foolishly crafted a being called the Grootslang. These horrifying beasts had tremendous strength, cunning, and intellect, to such a degree as to rival the gods themselves. The young deities realized their error, and with difficulty managed to split the Grootslangs into two separate creatures. One that would keep a portion of its size and strength, and one that would maintain its shape and cunning. And so the world was gifted the first elephants and snakes. It is said that one Grootslang managed to escape this cosmic genocide, and it retreated into a diamond-filled cave in the south of Africa, the Bottomless Pit. Here it dwells, a massive amalgamation of elephantine and ophidian features, luring in and preying on its descendant brethren pachyderms. So, what does this have to do with Mr. Grayson, whose body was never found and whose party claims to have been injured by lions whilst treasure hunting near the caves of South Africa? Whispers amongst the local villages surrounding the Richtersfeld suspect that the group was not set upon by lions at all, but instead stumbled upon the Groot slang in its cave. Perhaps the monster, being intelligent but also cruel, charged Grayson its standard fee of gems for safe passage, which the treasure hunter was unable to provide. And perhaps because of this grievous error, the Groot Slang did what it was foolishly created to do, slaughter those that would not respect it, allowing the rest of the group to escape with bloody injuries and psychological trauma. The Groot Slang may have hoped for the hapless survivors to tell the tale of its deeds faithfully, to have them instead protect the innocent from knowing such a beast dwells so near would be disappointing, but unsurprising. The Grootslang would relish for the gods to hear of their oversight and come searching for it in an attempt to finish the task, because the Grootslang will not be caught by surprise again. And unlike Peter Grayson, the gods will pay. Sounds like the Grootslang would love nothing more than to take on some deities and get some revenge. Right you are, Jenny. It's up itself, that's for sure. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Jenny Greenteeth, and I'm joined by Yowie, the Yeti who's always ready 
to talk about monsters. Good eye. So, Yowie, this is definitely not a cute little tree man that fights evil in space. What are your thoughts on the Groot slang? I soiled my dax when I saw it for the first time. So did I. Me too. <clears throat> Same. No, fair dinkum. Fair dinkum. This nightmare just exudes evil and menace. It took a lot of coaxing from our recruiter to get the Groot sling to leave its cave and even show up tonight. Good on you, Renfield. Top-notch job, mate. On a related note, his memorial service will be held on Wednesday. Uh, I guess that explains why he bailed on darts yesterday. I guess it does. Open a closed casket. <laughs> no casket. Ah, uh, that makes sense. <sighs> Three days from retirement, too. Oh, no, his wife will be no. Devo. Oh, she was with him. What? Bit iffy to have gone. I guess it was their 45th anniversary or something? That's so sad. 45 years is quite an achievement. It really is. Who will take care of the ankle biters? Oh. Uh, no. Yeah. Why were the kids there? Something about having won the lottery and they were going to go to Disneyland Paris afterwards. Well, I'm gobsmacked. I'll have to drink a whole slab for them after the show. So... <clears throat> Back to the matter at hand. Reckon. So the thing is monstrous, and that's saying something here at MSL. It's no wonder, though, because this mongrel is divine. And we don't mean it's charming and delightful. The Groot slang is a powerhouse, built by the gods when the world was still new. Definitely a more impressive final product than the Sidehill Gouger. Stories specifically state that this hybrid rivals the gods themselves, so we know it has incredible strength, speed, and intelligence. As far as we can tell, it also doesn't feel fear. Like I said, it has a high opinion of itself, meaning it wouldn't lower itself to being emotionally affected by anything but its creators. Reports vary, but the Groot slang is usually measured between 40 and 60 feet long. Our official MSL statisticians went in and found the snake affant to be around 57 feet. On a related note, our statistician's memorial service will be held on Thursday. In addition to size, the Groot slang is bloody mobile. No porky. It's able to swim through water just as fast as across land. It can also climb if it needs to but it's heaps faster when horizontal. It also has an incredible sense of smell with its tongue, just like a snake. In fact, to make this easier, just assume that it can do anything a snake can do. And an elephant. Yeah. Actually, it's pretty simplistic when you think about it. Which plays into its weaknesses. It's a bit basic. Straightforward. One track. It bites, it has tusks, it can squeeze, and that's about it. No flashy special abilities, no ranged attacks, no immunities to anything. It's a gigantic animal. But smart. The analysis said it scored very high in strategy and manipulation. Righto. It might not be able to vary its moves in battle, but fighting it won't be a piece of piss either. On a related note, our analysis memorial service will be held on Friday. (sighs) Back half of the week is going to be flat out like a lizard drinking. And that's the Groot slang in a nutshell. Back to you guys. Hooroo! Thank you, Jenny and Yowie. Do you think we'll have to go to all those services? I didn't really know Renfield. I mean, he did sacrifice his life and the lives of his whole family for tonight's match. Ah, fine. I mean, I get it, but I also don't get it. How so? I'm practically immortal. My wife is practically immortal. Most of my kids are actually immortal. Hard to relate. Fair enough. Also, I don't think my nice suit fits anymore, so formal events scare me. Well, folks, we've got two towering terrors eager to prove who is the greatest of the gargantuan Goliaths, and we've run out of words to say. Kind of like we're running out of MSL employees. So there's only one thing left to do, and we'll do it right after this short break. 
Finding a great minion can be like, well, looking for a rotten egg in a corpse pile. Sure, you can post your opening to some hireling bounty board, but then all you're going to do is hope that the right hunchback comes along. That's why you should try Min Recruiter for free. Min Recruiter doesn't rely on mercenaries and shock troopers finding you, it finds them for you. Its powerful divination sorcery identifies creatures with the right experience and summons them to apply for your hoard. You'll get qualified murderers fast. So while other spells might deliver you a lot of corpses, Min Recruiter finds you what you're looking for, the rotten egg in the corpse pile. So try Min Recruiter today for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive address, 1693 Tartarus Pit, Limbo 666. That's 1693 Tartarus Pit, Limbo 666. Welcome back to the Monster Smash League. I'm Bat Boy, and as always, I'm joined by Typhon, Greek father of all monsters. You know, I've been really looking at the neighborhood we built for this fight. And? It's the little details, BB. You got a mom and pop grocery store on the corner there, a skate park down at the bottom of that big hill, and the obligatory wealthy gated community that I'm sure hates having the local kids trying to hop the fence to get their football back. The MSL spares no expense when recreating terrain. It's so quaint. I can't wait to see it get destroyed. Then let us wait no more and send it down to the field for the ultimate block party! Monster Smash! Showing utter disdain for a two-story Dutch colonial, the Groot Slang has plowed right through the structure and is now coiled, ready for battle. That thing is a work of art, BB. The house or the Groot Slang? The Groot Slang, BB. When you think of combining two animals, snake and elephant are not the ones a sane person would pick. It's definitely disconcerting. Okay, so now what? Where's this big bone guy? Whoa, is he up here in the booth? Remember, Ty, the Gashadokuro's presence is revealed by a general sound of bones rattling that seems to be everywhere. You can't locate it based on the noise. Grudy is sticking its tongue out like a snake! It's trying to smell where its opponent is hiding, since it can be invisible. It looks like the Groot Slug is getting impatient, and so am I! Well, hopefully not too impatient. We know what happened last time the crowd got... Jeez, it came from below! A bony fist just broke ground in the front yard of that Blue Ranch house, grabbing the end of Grooty's tail! And you can see just how sharp those fingers are as they grip tighter and tighter into the serpent's tail. First blood has been drawn! How would you say this affects morale, Ty? Well, normally I'd say losing the first strike contest would put the Groot Sling on the defensive, but I don't know. Something about those eyes, BB. Yes. There's something about those eyes. I sense it too. Dangerous intelligence. Does it have a plan to expose the giant spirit? The Groot Slang has hooked its tusks around the trunk of a huge oak tree. It's got leverage. The huge form of the Gashadokuro has been dug up. The Bone Man towers over everything, including the Groot Slang. Its eyes are glowing red. No intelligence in them, but you can feel the pure malice. Baby, look! 
Guess she hasn't let go of the tail. The gash of Takuro is lifting the end up to take a bite. But here comes Grooty. Like a horned locomotive, the Groot slang gores the skeleton. It ain't stopping, BB. They've crashed through a craftsman. Into the backyard. Into the next yard. Right through a... Would you say that's a Georgian colonial or federal colonial? Uh, definitely Georgian colonial. They're crossing the street. Watch out for that water tower. The water is flooding down the hill into the skate park. That skate pool is now an actual pool. Ty, look at that. How is that possible? Throughout that massive collision, the Gasha Dukuro refused to let go of the Groot Slang's tail and has now bitten off a large portion of the tip. That's what she said. Uncomfortable. That skull is getting dyed red! Like a horrific hose, the yokai is cooling off by taking a drink. Taking advantage of the situation, Grooty has wrapped around Gashi. The skeleton is being constricted. Ouch! That's like nails on a chalkboard. The Groot Slang is also biting into that collarbone. Wow, even though most of the Gasha Takuro is wrapped up in snake coils, it managed to keep one hand free and is clubbing the elephant snake in the head. Grooty better stop that fist, otherwise it isn't going to be smart much longer. The whole mass is stumbling backwards. Well, I guess school's out forever. Well, they've rolled through the elementary school and now onto the playground. Oh, that takes me back. Scylla loves the jungle gym. Well, it looks like Gasha Takuro likes it too because it has ripped the metal cage out of the ground and who narrowly misses the Groot Slang's face with those sharp rods. An impressive dodge while still in such close proximity with its opponent. Oh no. Ooh, in retaliation, the Groot Slang seems to have upped the ante on its constriction. Oh, gross. You can see pieces of ribs squeezing out between the coils. Oh, no, no. The jungle gym finds its mark, becoming a grotesque helmet on the elephant snake. Those metal posts gouge deep. The Groot Slang has huge lacerations on its ears, neck, and trunk. That yokai is acting like it didn't just lose a large portion of bone matter from its torso. Indestructible tie. It doesn't feel pain. But you can see its eyes are blazing brighter as it cranes its neck to catch some blood. Repeated strikes with that jagged cage. Quite the crimson mask forming on the serpent. <laughs> now that's a counter. What a headbutt. Skull to skull and a tusk into the bones of its shoulder. Watch out. Here comes the... Oh, never mind. The Groot Slang was able to catch the yokai's arm with a massive bite, locking it in place. Now that giant bone man is tucked tighter than the lid of a pickle jar. Completely restrained and constricted, the Gasha Dokuro has no means of escape. As Grooty stands up with Gashi into a vertical position, you can hear more giant bones giving into the strain. How innovative. Lacking the ability to punch, the Groot Slang has opted to shake its head back and forth rapidly, effectively striking the Gashi Dokuro in the skull with its tusks over and over. You can see the Gashi is trying to force itself free, but Grooty is just too strong. Will the officials have to call it? If the Gashi Dokuro can't move, it can't fight. Oh, Wolfman, that's ominous. Those empty sockets are totally blazing now. He's heating up. He's on fire! Boom, shakalaka! We've reached critical hatred. 
You can see those flames crackling through the snake folds. The smell of burning flesh has filled the arena, but the Groot Slang refuses to let go. Tips for monsters who don't like being on fire, stop, drop, and roll. A smart decision, but it seems to have no effect. Uh-oh, I don't think it sees that... Gas station. The fire raging from the souls of the discarded dead can't be put out. I'm starting to wonder about that whole cunning part of the Groot Sling, BB. It's getting flame broiled, but keeps hanging on. Look at that, Ty. Well, that's disconcerting. That's the calmest looking face I've ever seen from a creature burning to death. It's sticking its tongue out again, looking for options. They're on the move again, rolling downhill. Oh, I think I see where this is going. What do you mean? Remember that quip I made about the skating pool becoming an actual pool? Oh. A brilliant adaptation by the Groot Slang. It's as if knocking that water tower over was intentional. It probably was. But don't count the Gashitakuro out just yet. It just sunk its teeth into the fleshy body of Grooty. Slang finally releases the skeleton from its grip. Wow, doesn't quite look like a torso anymore. After so much pressure, not much remains of the skeletal midsection. Basically, just a crushed spine with some rib fragments. I think its hip is broken too. That doesn't seem to matter, Ty, because the giant is still moving with very little loss to motor function. Gosh, he just turned invisible. While still standing in the water. Yeah, it's not very effective. Again, showing the vast difference in strategic capabilities. Looks like Grooty is on the move again. It wants the high life because it seems to be heading straight for the gated community. What's it looking for? I'm not sure, but the invisible yokai is slowly making its way out of the water. Grooty clips a beautiful French provincial, but stops next to the empty swimming pool in the back. A lot of pools in this terrain. Must be California. <laughs> oh. Gross. Oh, the Groot Slang is flexing the muscles near its wounds to force large amounts of blood into the concrete hole. Any idea where the big guy is? I'm not sure now, but the pool is full of the elephant snake's blood. Grooty slithers back a bit and seems to be waiting. It reappeared. Like Augustus Gloop going to town on a chocolate river, Gashi is on hands and knees with its skull half submerged in delicious blood. Don't take your eyes off of the Groot Slang, however, because it seems to be slowly approaching. It's measuring the shot. With malicious precision, the Groot Slang slammed its tail stump onto the base of the yokai's giant skull and then hooked its tusk through the pelvis and stretched out. 57 feet of pure divine muscle just tore the amalgamated skeleton apart. Grooty still has the lower half of the giant hanging on its tusk. It leans back and... lets it fly right over the park. Past the baseball field. Home run! That'll be a great souvenir for one of the fans. And with that, though the Gashitokuro's skull is still bobbing in the pool, slurping as much blood as it can, the winner is the Groot Slang. Yeah, the Groot Slang didn't have a way to kill the Gashitokuro, but it certainly crippled it. Turns out that divine intelligence isn't valuable. While the Groot Slang didn't have any special abilities like invisibility or bursting into flames, it was more than wily enough to use the terrain and its superior strength to gain an advantage. And when we say super strength, we mean it. 
Even though the Gasha de Koro is larger than the African serpent, there aren't any reports of their physical strength being more powerful than what it takes to pick up a human and bite it in half. Whereas Grudy's strength is specifically on the level of deities, who regularly shatter mountains and pull islands out of the ocean. The Gasha de Koro is a terrifying monster for sure, but it was outclassed in almost every category. In fact, the only area in which it dwarfed the Groot slang was durability. Being indestructible kept this from being a one-sided fight. No matter what is thrown at it, it keeps going until it doesn't have the structural integrity to do so. In the end, the Groot's Lang manipulated its way through a brutal and bloody fight and came out on top. Way better than the box jellyfish. Congratulations to the Groot's Lang and condolences to the many MSL families that lost loved ones in the preparation for this fight. Join us next time for more heart-pounding and heart-ripping action in the Monster Smash League. For Yowie, Jenny Greenteeth, and Typhon, Greek father of all monsters, I'm Batboy saying, fiends don't let fiends fly drunk. Get yourself a designated flyer. See you next time.